Are you in a leadership role trying to figure out how to convince others to change their mind? Have you wondered why is leading and influencing others so darn hard? Are you tired of reading books, attending leadership or communication classes, only to wonder what's missing? What am I not getting? Well, welcome to my podcast, Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. I'm your host, Denise Cooper, and guess what? I am a storyteller. It is through the stories of others that we learn how to do better. Listen in on my conversations with my guests who, like you, are on a journey to become better leaders. Leading well is not a destination, it's a journey. One where doing well means learning from each other if you are to identify and then close the gaps between where you are now and where you want to be tomorrow. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. We are here today to talk about what it's like to live in a virtual world. I know, you know, 2019, anybody ask us, would we be doing business in a virtual world? Would we be questioning whether we need to have offices with all of our employees there? Would we accept, as an HR professional, would you accept from your manager the idea that everybody needs to be in an office and they need to see each other to know that they're working and to collaborate? If it was 2019, we'd all be scratching our heads going, of course we do. We're a social group of people. What does that mean? We, how, how can we get rid of office space? We have to have office space. And then 2020 has shown us that change happens on a dime and when you least expect it because we've been talking about this idea of a virtual world or certainly where we are global and there's a high likelihood that we will never meet our clients and our employees and we all kind of poo-pooed it and slowly walked towards it well now we're in it and it's a year later and we're starting to see what's actually happening so today I am so happy to have my guest, Nicole Greer, who is the CEO for Vibrant Coaching. And she's going to talk to us today about mastering motivation in a virtual world, or at least some of it. And if you'd like to hear more of her presentation, please go over to the Kabarashirm, shrm.org, and you can register uh, to hear her presentation, which will be in April. With that, Hi, Nicole. Hey, Denise. How are you? I'm so glad to be on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Well, you know, let's just kind of jump in. But one of the things I like to do first is I want my audience to get to know you as a person. One of the things I learned because of uh, virtual world is we we oftentimes just jump in and start with the business. Tell us something about you that people would go, huh? Not her. Ah, okay. Well, so um, I have been doing my business, Vibrant Coaching, for about 12 years. But prior to that, um, I was an executive uh, director of the Greer Estate, right? So I stayed home with my, my kids for eight years. And prior to that, I did property management and I did the restaurant business. So I, I've always been in businesses where I help people and take care of people. Uh, on a personal level, um, I have actually uh, been a runner. Uh, ran a marathon around Diamond Head in uh, Hawaii one wow. time. That was really now fun. Now that will be yeah. a you. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. 
Um, I love to travel. Uh, the most recent fabulous spot uh, that I was I was in is I went to New Zealand and Australia, and I it's worth every penny of your expensive plane ticket to get there. Uh, so I love to travel, and I'm a huge foodie. And I think the final thing I would share that maybe people don't believe about me, but uh, I'm a great cook. You should come over for dinner. If you want a dinner invitation, just reach out. Uh, I make an, an amazing lasagna. That's like oh. what I'm known for. Like okay. when my children come home, they're like, will you make a lasagna? And I'm like, yes, I will. So <laughs> those, are, those are just some fun things about me. <laughs> awesome. And, and so you have to follow me on uh, like Instagram because I always put up my food pictures too. And people are like, I want that oh. recipe. I want that recipe. So if I know a food, oh, we got it. We got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love homey things like lasagna. Oh, I also have an awesome meatloaf. Mm -hmm. I have an awesome meatloaf. I have an awesome uh, chicken and biscuits. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I love all that stuff. So uh, it's, it's fun. Good. Yes. And you know what? In the virtual world, we have been able to be a little bit more creative because we've had the time to be creative. Isn't that great? Yeah, that I mean, uh, COVID is a hor horrible, horrifying. It's hurt a lot, a lot of people. And if you're one of those people that's listening, I'm so sorry. Um, but but there there are a few silver threads um, in the cloud. And uh, being home with family, being able to do uh, this virtual podcast with you, and I think you know, like segueing right into our our message today about better virtual meetings is. You know, uh, I, I think we can get a lot more done through virtual meetings um, than we can with all the in-person stuff that we did pre-COVID. So mm -hmm. I, th I think that virtual is excellent. Yeah. If you know, if you have the right tools and skills, I think that it's a, it's a different mindset or a different way of thinking. But as you, you know, work with your clients and I know you've done virtual training, et cetera. What are some of the common themes or common things that you see people struggling to shift from one state to another state? Yeah, I think the, the biggest struggle is to go ahead and be in the virtual meeting. You know, so, uh, you know, if, if you're at home, uh, I know uh, I, I teach classes at UNC Charlotte. And uh, one of the things that people struggle with is like they have their family around them while they're trying to be in a meeting. I would say that's the most important thing. So uh, if you want to overcome the biggest struggle, I think it's to like set boundaries. You really need to set up a space where you can not be disturbed. Um, you need to kind of get with your family and say, I'm working right now. I'm going to school right now. I need you to give me the boundary I would have just like if I got in the car and I drove over to the university, or I drove to this meeting for lunch. Um, so I think it's important to put up really good boundaries and make sure you can actually be in the meeting. So I would say that's the biggest struggle yeah, for folks. Yeah, that, and that probably brings up a lot of, you know, most of us are not good negotiators um, in general to be able to negotiate those boundaries, especially, you know, some of my clients have little toddlers Toddlers don't seem to work with the boundaries as much, but having that conversation with their significant other to make yes, sure that this is, is uh, pretty tough. What would you, what's some tips or, or how would, how would I go into that conversation? Cause for many people, they've not really had to have that conversation around boundaries um, with their significant others. And more importantly, they may not have had it with their bosses at either. Yeah, uh, I would say that the most important thing 
to do is to, you know, like you say, just you know, bridge that gap. I mean, you just have to do what I call truth telling, honesty, and candor. You know, you got to go to those people in your life and say, you know, I'm still working. And if I would have gotten my car and drove to work today, you all wouldn't be able to interrupt me. And so I need you to help me be a professional. I think mm -hmm. that's really what people need to understand. Now, I do want to flip the coin and say this is that a lot of times, uh, because of all the virtual that we have going on, uh, you got to have grace for people in these meetings as well, right? So, for example, when I have a, a, a person in my class at UNC Charlotte and they tell me, Oh, I am, you know, I have a small toddler, like for your example, right? What I do is I, I, I just give them grace, right? So I think in these unprecedented times, um, you need to have truth telling, honesty, and candor conversations with the people you love. But at the same time, if you're in the meeting and people have their children homeschooled through the computer in the room next to them, it's going to be challenging. But, but we want to try to be as professional as possible, but still have a lot of empathy for what's going on. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's a kind of a challenge, but I think you can do all that. Mm -hmm. What, um, so what are some of the other um, things that I'm thinking about if I'm going to be in a virtual world, particularly, you know, if you've been on a Zoom call four hours, your mind just wanders. <laughs> Yeah, I've got some I've got some statistics on that. Actually, okay. uh, Microsoft, because they have a program called Teams, and uh, that's one of the things that people are meeting over for lengthy periods of time. They actually did a study on uh, when do people lose their attention span, and it's right about the forty minute mark. That's okay. about all people can all, all people can do before their mind starts to wander, or they mm -hmm. start checking their email, or mm -hmm. working on something else, or shopping online or whatever it is they're doing. So 40 minutes is, is about the sweet spot, you know, for a, for a meeting and, and being virtual. And, and I think that that's probably a, a, a really accurate number from my experience. And then the other thing is, is that, you know, people, um, they literally cannot sit for two hours or uh, four hours, I think is what you said, yeah. can't sit for four hours and tolerate that. You're, you're going to have to break up your meetings. You're going to have to, um, uh, take lots of breaks. My suggestion is to take a 10 minute break every hour. If you're going to be doing some teaching or training, I think I shared with you before we started the podcast, I'm working with Duke energy right now. And um, we're teaching people technology virtually, but we have uh, breaks every hour on the hour. Uh, you know, we come back from the break and we put a lot of fun things in the day. So people are eager to get back. So one of the things that we do is we will have like four legged Friday. So when people come back uh, from their break, it's like, okay, all right, who wants to show their puppy, their kitty, you know, we've had ferrets, we've had turtles, we've had everything show up on the camera uh, and people really get a big kick out of it. And, and the benefit of that is, is that I'm, I'm getting to know the people I've worked with for a very long time. Some of these Duke Energy folks have worked there 20 and 30 years mm. and they never never saw the inside of each other's homes yep. or their four-legged friend or whatever. So I think it's really taking relationships a little bit deeper, a little bit more intimately. We're yeah. getting to know people. Right. Um, whereas you would think it's not doing that, but if you, if you handle the meeting the right way, you can really do, you can do some amazing things. Yeah. Okay. All right. So have you seen any tips in terms of how to onboard people, bringing in new folks who you 
you know, many companies are not even, in, you know, actually seeing face to face at all. They, they've moved to a virtual interviewing space. They, they are now um, not really actually meeting people. Uh, um, and hopefully they will meet them at some point, you know, in the near future, but this first part of it. And so when you kind of know each other, it's one thing, but how do you get to know somebody on over Zoom or Teams? Yeah. So are you talking about onboarding somebody in terms of like a, a new hire, that kind of thing? New okay. hire well, or new, so somebody new to your team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that is an excellent question. So I, I actually have been doing this. Um, one of the things I do inside of Vibrant Coaching and Consulting is I do some recruiting just like mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my clients oftentimes don't have like a robust HR department. So they're like, you know, help me do some talent management, some, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, I actually just hired two people, um, helped hire two people for a client. And we hired a, a total quality manager, which mm -hmm. was a big, big position, and then a customer service manager. Well, you know, what, what I have found is really great to do is I interviewed them uh, via Zoom, uh, but I also shared with them kind of like the humans they're going to work with. Right. Yeah. So I talked a lot about the personal qualities, just like you introduced me. Yeah. I talked a lot about the personal qualities of the people that they would be working with. And when I interviewed them, you know, you have to, you have to like um, sit down, like you're having a meal with people. You got to ask a lot of open questions to kind of get things going. I got to be careful about what interview questions you ask, because you and I both know you got to ask legal questions, right? But you can get people to relax in the process. And then after I interviewed them, and I thought, oh, this is a good one. Um, I would get on a zoom with the person that I was hiring for and the candidate, and I would introduce them. And uh, one of the things I think is so important, especially in a time like COVID is to use humor. So I would kind of like, you know, throw myself under the bus and make fun of myself in some way um, or tell a funny story about the, the person that I was actually recruiting for. Um, oftentimes I will get people to, you know, I'll ask them a question. Tell me a time you were you were really embarrassed, um, you know, because you did something, you know, that you in retrospect, you knew you knew you shouldn't have done or something like that. And so people have funny stories right there. And so I'll, I'll share that story to break the ice, that kind of thing. So, um, so getting people on the zoom, and, and I think the other thing that's important to this process with using virtual is explaining the platform. Mm -hmm. So, so I think that's, that's one of the things I'm going to share in the um, upcoming sure meeting that you guys are going to have me at, which I'm absolutely delighted about. So I, I think that's something we should explore as well. You and I. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And so now that you made the offer, the person is here that first three months is, you know, well, literally the first six months is the most critical time that somebody's either joining a team and or being hired for a particular company. It's the time when we make a decision whether you're good or not good, do you fit, do you not fit, you know, those kinds of questions come. Whether we know it, you know, intentionally or not, we are making those kinds of decisions for folks. Have you got any tips for our listeners on what's one or two things that they really ought to do when you, you now have someone who's just come on your team and it's all virtual, or you just hired somebody new to your company, how do they get to know what the culture is, what the right things to do, the things that are um, silently taboo? You know, we used to figure those out at the water cooler. Well, how do we have a water cooler on Zoom? 
Yeah, well, you, you actually can have a water cooler on Zoom. So uh, I think one of the things you can do is you can have your normal meetings, right? Okay. So say you have the Monday morning meeting. Um, but uh, I think it's it, it's imperative to, to get people together on a call just to have a check-in, especially during COVID. Um, and I think the really savvy leaders that are leading these meetings, they need to have what I call the art of dialogue in place. So I want to talk about two things that answer your question. The first one I want to talk about is the art of dialogue. So I have a little document called the magic of dialogue. And if you okay. would like that, you can just email Nicole at vibrantcoaching.com and it explains how to have dialogue. Now, Denise, you and I, we communicate for a living um, and in out there in the world, there's like three types of communication that you experience. Uh, one is conversation. So it's like, hey, how are you? I'm fine. It's very light. It's very breezy. That's kind of water cooler. Um, mm -hmm. So you can definitely do what I call a check-in in every mm -hmm. meeting. You know, how are you doing? It'd be better if you had a more interesting question, you know, so the a more interesting question would be, you know, uh, you know, tell me, tell me about, you know, how um, you got promoted in your last position, you know, and everybody goes around the room. Now, why would you ask that question to start out a meeting? Well, first of all, you're talking about how, how did you get identified as a high performer? People oh. feel good about talking about their promotions or talking about their successes. And so mm -hmm. it takes them up the feeling scale. And now when we got people up the feeling scale, they're more engaged. They like to hear successes of others. We all love to hear a success story. So, you know, asking a really good question like that is important, but dialogue um, is a process, an actual process. So let's say we're on a team and we are going to start a new uh, strategy. So for example, uh, like this thing at Duke Energy, we're going to put uh, this new computer software in place. It's a big, big strategy, putting new computer software in place. <laughs> and a lot of times those decisions are made uh, without feedback from the people who are actually going to be the end users, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you could do is you could set up dialogue. So you could send this out in your email right. announcing the meeting. Right. You say, uh, we're all going to get on a call and we're going to do the art of dialogue. Mm -hmm. Please prepare. Okay. And in the preparation, you're going to say you will have two minutes of uninterrupted time to speak about the concerns or the excitement that you have about the new software that's going okay. to be put out. So you're and inviting so them. Okay. Well, so you're inviting them to get prepared and right. think and see, right. here's the thing, Denise, we want our employees to think. Mm -hmm. And we want to have a robust conversation or excuse right. me, robust dialogue, not a conversation, yeah. a robust dialogue about what we're doing uh, with this particular strategy. Now, Lots of amazing things happen when dialogue is done. Number one, people prepare for the meeting instead yeah. of just showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. Number two, extroverts are kept to two minutes, right? You're going to have two minutes to talk about your ideas. Okay. So dial it in, okay? Then introverts that are parts of our teams are going to be asked to speak up. Now, I mean, I've been in a lot of meetings in my lifetime. I'm 54 years old and I will sit in meetings and there's always one or two that dominate the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They and have so 15 it, ideas. 
Right. Or, and it's or it so takes like, them 20 minutes to describe one idea. <laughs> you, you got it nailed. And that, and I'm an extrovert. So I'm talking about myself right there. But, um, but you know, it, it, it really pushes our introverts uh, to um, speak up in the meeting. And usually right. they have tons of great ideas. And because you gave them the question ahead of time and they prepped, they're totally ready to go. Right, so right, it, right. It, it develops um, proper use of time yeah. in a meeting. Uh, it it works on our personalities to tone us down or bring mm -hmm. us up. Mm -hmm. And here's the last thing about the art of dialogue that is so important is after you go around, right? Mm -hmm. And and you don't get to crosstalk. This, there's no crosstalking. It's like two minutes for Denise, two minutes for Jeff, two minutes for Bob, two minutes for Nicole, et cetera. At the end of that, before we talk about my opinion of what Denise said or her opinion of what I said, what we're going to do is we're going to say, what did you just learn? No. And what we want to, and what we want to become is what uh, Peter Senge calls in his book, the fifth discipline. We want to become a learning organization. Yeah. And oftentimes if every voice is heard in the room, we get the genius out of the group. And when we get the genius out of the group, everybody's learning, everybody's understanding what's going on with the software better um, or whatever's happening. It's just really um, a great way to do it. Now you asked me, how do we get, um, and so that's one way you could get them to know people yeah, really yeah. fast is you've yeah. got that team member and she's brand new or he's brand new and you put them on the spot and put them in the art of dialogue. They're like, whoa, what kind of company did I just join? This right, is awesome. Right, right, I, get right. to I get to speak you know, um, and the whole part about not interrupting and probing is huge because interrupting is, oh my gosh, it's, it's in an epic epidemic. Well, yeah, I was going to say, especially on recordings or zoom calls and, and whatnot, because we're struggling. If you got more than four or five people on it, you can't see people kind of going, 100%. Hey, I want to talk. Hey, I want to talk. And people are talking over each other. Right, right. And, you know, when I explain dialogue, this art of dialogue to leaders, at first they're like, what? I'm going to do what? I'm going to time them? And I'm like, listen, just trust me. Uh, quick story. I had a, a fire chief uh, who decided he would go out to all the different fire stations and do dialogue. Now, mm -hmm. here's what they were going to talk about. They were going to talk about wearing ball caps. Now, this okay. seems silly. Yeah. This seems silly, but there's a whole group of, of firefighters that like, you should not wear your uniform and wear a ball cap that says Dale Earnhardt on it or whatever, or okay. says whatever your ball team is on it. You, you should look like a professional. And then there's a whole group that wants to wear their ball cap. Right, right. Okay. Right. Okay. So they went out and they, they hats. did dialogue. And, right. Yeah. About hats. And they found out what was really underlying it. They learned why this was important to people. Anyways, so long story short, we figured out what to do with the ball caps. Um, so, so are you gonna, you're gonna tell us or what? <laughs> well, yeah, so they, they decided that you should not wear your ball cap that says your school or yeah. your, your race guy on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what they did is um, they, they developed some ball caps that the ball cap wears could wear it was a very high quality ball cap okay and uh and, and like and i never really like here's what i learned from this whole thing i never really realized like there's there's quality there's things we want this ball cap to do 
and uh, and then we we got things put on the front so it looked like it was part of the uniform. Got it. So got it. Okay. So so it was and and there were some options like you could have this one or that one, you know. So uh, it became part of the uniform is essentially what ended up happening. Okay. Um, and everybody learned why some people were against it and some people so wanted it. And mm -hmm. so you know we found a really beautiful solution. So so dialogue can be very powerful to cure things organizationally like from an od organization development perspective mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but then also problem solving um to me it's it's just huge and then the second thing i was going to tell you about uh was you said how do we onboard people know if they're a fit and all that right out right. of the gate well right. a long long time ago when i was in property management in the 90s uh, I worked for a company called Summit Properties, which is now Camden. So if you drive all over Charlotte, you see yeah, Camden, 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 Matt. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's the company. And um, and so anyways, I worked for them. Now, when I got hired into Summit Properties, it was radical for me. They took such good care of me. It was insane. They set me up with a series of key interviews. That's what they called them. K-E-Y, key interviews. And so I literally was going to be the manager of this property uh, on uh, Randolph Road. And they said, well, you're going to come to the home office on Thursday and you're going to have uh, a key interview with the president of the company, one of the investors, okay. uh, your, the, the accountant who will be doing the accounting for your particular property. Gotcha. You, will meet the, you will meet Susan at the front desk. Yeah. And uh, uh, there was a gal named Judy. And yeah. you know how there's always one, one person in the organization that's really running it. It's not yeah, the CEO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's like the support person who's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, I, and, so, and it was Judy. And I said, okay. Oh my God, I was so nervous, Denise. I was so nervous. I was like a 25-year-old or something. And so I said, okay. And so I went up there. I got there. The first person that met me was the CEO. He sits me down. He says, you, you like coffee? I'm like, yeah. So we go to the break room together. We get coffee together. We come back. All day long, I sat with him or sat with those different people. And they all just said, well, tell me, tell us all about you. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I was, thank God, smart enough to say, tell me all about you. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, like, so within the first week, I had done that with them. I went and visited some of the sister properties mm -hmm. of my property and talked to that manager uh, toward their model home, uh, all that kind of stuff. Now I know that's like pre-COVID stuff, right, but you right, can right. still get on a one-on-one -on -one Zoom with people and say, you got your coffee, I got my coffee, you know, and, and get to really know them. Um, and, when yeah. Yeah. and when people are new, and you tell them to do stuff, they typically just do it because they're trying to please everybody out of the gate, right, right. you know, and, and if you can put people at ease and, um, you know, and, and I think the other thing, uh, this is just kind of coming to me in the moment, Denise, but if you can say to people, um, let's talk about how you're going to work virtually, right? Tell, yeah. Let's talk about how you're going to do your day, right. you know, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I love the, um, there's a, um, model that the center for creative leadership has it's their definition of leadership it's called dac okay and um and and i think you've got to have conversations with new people and especially in this virtual world about 
you know, DAC, which is direction, alignment, and commitment. Okay. Like if, if, if a leader can help somebody get onboarded into the company using those three things, people usually are pretty well taken care of. So the first thing would be, you know, it's like, I'd sit, like, say you're my new employee. I say, Denise, I know you're working virtually and this is, this is a very different thing. So I just want to give you some basic direction or expectations right. about, about how we're going to work virtually. Right, right. And so there won't be any disappointment. Um, I, I got this quote from uh, Don Carroll and it, this quote goes like this. It says, um, uncommunicated expectations are a premeditated opportunity to be disappointed. Mm. Isn't that good? Yeah. Oh, Don Carroll. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah. so, good so as you have- I, I did Brene Brown, uh, her, um, I went through her training program and hers oh, is wonderful. clear is kind unclear is unkind i love that <laughs> i put that in my pocket oh yeah, i love that yeah yeah and and it's it's funny how because it's it's kind of one of those things that you have to stop a minute and kind of go huh oh and and i love to see people's faces and hear the aha that shows up in it just like the one that you had Mm-hmm, for sure. So I, I totally agree. I mean, because if I'm new, yeah. I want, I'm in that, I'm in that right. really sweet spot of, I yep. want to do good. Yeah, I yep. want to make yeah. a good first impression, you know? Absolutely. Um, so if I set direction and then the, the next letter, uh, letter is a, which is alignment, Yeah. which is what do you need to be successful in your virtual right. world? You know, I, I know some people that even though, uh, they're working virtually, they're getting in their car and they're still going to a restaurant. Yes. Yeah. I know because that too. while they're on their meeting, you yeah. know, because they got, they can't get away from the toddler or the dog or the husband or the wife right. or whatever. Right. Um, so, so getting aligned, you know, it's like, what do you need from me? You know, like, uh, like these headphones uh, are very schmancy, fancy headphones mm-hmm. that I have. They were like $90 or something. I mean, we might need to get people headphones. some tools. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to do what they need to do. And then finally, the last thing is commitment. And I, I think that today we're really terrible at asking for people's commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, when I was young, I was a Girl Scout. And, uh, and so when we put on our little uniform, you know, we would raise our hand and we would do the, the, the Girl Scout pledge, yep. you know what I'm I mean? You know? I'm a Girl Scout yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Girl Scouts. Yeah. So you should put, if you don't have your kid in, in uh, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, you should look into it because, you know, not everything has to be, I love soccer. I played soccer growing up, but like, it seems like everybody plays sports and they don't do any of the, the yeah, other the stuff. Other but stuff anyway, yeah. yeah. But when we said we were going to be Girl Scouts, they made me read a pledge of honor to yeah. your point and, yeah. and say, I promise to act like this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that leaders today, if you're going to let people stay at home because of COVID, which we have, I mean, we really have to, you don't let them, they have to, is that you just need to say to them, you know, I, you know, I really want you to know that I love the work that you do. And I know um, that we have to, you know, be self-managed, self-disciplined. Um, and so I'm just asking for your commitment to give it the best shot you can while we're virtual mm-hmm. and get people to say, yes, I commit to that. Mm-hmm. It's not micromanaging or being harsh. It's just, you know, like you got me, 
because I need you to have me during this mm-hmm. weird time. Mm-hmm. So asking for commitment in some way, you know, yeah. I think even as a, uh, as a team or a department, you could, you know, send out kind of a, a contract, you know, a virtual contract, you know, this, we will all log in at eight o'clock. We'll right. all get on the zoom and say, good morning. Right. You know, everybody committing to the team, right. not just the leader sitting back going, oh my God, how am I going to keep it together if we're all virtual? <laughs> you know, asking people to commit to making it positive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, and, you know, we're coming up on the end of the, you know, the, the podcast here, but my last question and I think about it is, you know, I think people are weary. It's a year later, year and a half, almost, well, it's almost a year um, since we started yeah. this. And I think people are, are just emotionally weary of, mm-hmm. you know, the, being at home, being in quarantine, having to, you know, changes is like a muscle. You can't, you know, you can't just keep working and working and working and working and working. At some point it does fatigue and that fatigue does affect your motivation. You know, that we're hearing more and more mental health issues, people with burnout, you know, um, some people are, are depressed kids are having a hard time because they they're just not being social how do you cope you've got to put positive stuff in your brain you've got to hang out with positive people you know uh, there's this old uh saying that um jim Rohn used to say you're the you're the uh quality of the five people you hang out with yeah the most. yeah 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 that's yeah. why i hang out with denise cooper because she's cool <laughs> and she's positive and she's about leadership and she's about making stuff happen <sighs> you know um so i know you might be at home with some people who aren't the most positive right but, you know you need to listen to a meditation read a good book every morning i have quiet time every morning and I sit there and I read, I have like six books going at once and nobody understands that but me. And I'll read a little bit out of these six books. <laughs> you, you understand. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah um, I understand. And so I, I put my mind in a positive in the right state. place. Yeah. That's right. That's in a right. place to receive. And, yeah. And that is, that is having a good, this goes back to psychology class, a good locus of control. Yeah. Right. Remember that phrase? Yeah. Okay. Look it up, everybody. I dare you. Double dare you to look it up. Do a little psychology. Well, yeah. And now it's called psychological safety, right? You know, it's creating that place where you, your mind feels like it has control over certain things. And I always say, you know, you get what you expect, right? So if you expect things to be terrible and you keep telling yourself that, Hey, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. I hate this. I hate this. If you keep looking for the bad, you will continue to find more bad. If you look right. for some good, then you will find some things that are good. It's not to say that things are always going to go as you want. No. However, it's not so much that life isn't going to change or, or you're going to miss expectations. It's your ability to be able to take a deep breath, be in the right frame of mind, and to be able to reframe it as an opportunity to, to get over and move to the next level of what you're doing. And folks, with that, it is that time. And that is how oh. you close the gap. I know, I know, I know. So the last question is always, so if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, you simply uh, go onto the web and go to www.vibrantcoaching.com. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. I'm out there. You can find me and it's Nicole Greer and it's Greer with two E's, which is really ah. important. Ah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. and, and hey, I, wait a minute. You got a podcast too. I do. I do. The, the Vibrant Leadership Podcast. So definitely tune into that. It's on Stitcher, Apple. It's out there everywhere as well. And also on my website. And uh, I've got a blog that I post to and uh, lots of good information on uh, coaching. And you can sign up to uh, get my uh, challenge that comes out. So I, I really challenge people's thinking and, uh, you know, challenge them to think about their life in different ways. Uh, my goal is for everybody to lead a vibrant life, one pulsating with energy. Cool, cool. And if you want to hear her live, she will be conducting a workshop call. Mastering Motivation in a Virtual World for the Cabarrus Sherm. And you can go to their website, which is Cabarrus Sherm. You can find it in uh, Facebook and on LinkedIn. And of course, uh, just go to Sherm at gmail.com, send a note, and you'll get a link for it. That date is April the 13th, 2021, and it will be on at 11.45 is where we start. And Nicole will come on at 12 o'clock. Yay! She'll give us an hour presentation and this spirit that you hear here in this podcast, you will get an opportunity to see her and experience it one more time. So with that, you guys know, Nicole, thank you so much. My pleasure. That's a wrap. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you've been listening to Closing the Gap with Denise Cooper. Let me thank my good friend, Ivan G. Hall for the background music. I'd like to ask you to do three things. One, if you liked it, share it with your friends. Let's build up our community. Two, subscribe so that you don't miss when a new episode drops. And lastly, if you've got a question or a comment, leave it below. I'd love to hear what you thought was good, what I could do better, and what topics you'd like to hear about. Let me thank my guests one more last time. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.